Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seat Ministries and evangelist Pat and Karen Jackson. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation. God bless everybody. Um, I, I am honored to be here and humbled to be here. Um, I honor Pastor Pat and Pastor Karen incredibly. My husband and I do. Um, they go down to El Paso every year. So I honor them. And I want to honor my spiritual father, um, Apostle Maldonado, and my spiritual mother, which is um, Prophet Anna Maldonado out of Miami. They are our spiritual parents. I thank them. I honor them. Um, everything that I have learned and all the impartation has come through my spiritual parents because that's what a father does. A father imparts and activate. So I, I want to honor them. I want to honor my husband. Um, he couldn't be here today, but um, uh, as Pastor Pat said, I'm going to fly in and fly back out. Um, I'll go quickly so if you can just take your notes out. Pastor asked me to impart into you today uh, some of the things that are occurring in, in my life and out in El Paso, Texas. Um, and I'll share a little bit about that. Um, you know, I, I want, before we do that, can, can I, I'm going to interrupt something because um, I never minister the pulpit without um, ha I, I need people to understand what worship is. So if I can get my worship team real quick up here. I brought a couple of people. They're up there already. Oh, you are awesome. Oh, I want you to do me a favor because the people that least worship is the pastors. And um, we need to know how to worship because worship invites the presence of God. And worship actually creates a cloud. And so if we want God to activate us today and we want God to impart in us today the fire. So we need to build a cloud of glory. Amen. I live for the glory of God. The glory is God's manifested presence. So can you do me a favor? I hate to interrupt you. I know your laptop's on your on your, on your lap now, but can you just stand to your feet, and can you lift your hands up, and can you just say, say these words that they're about to sing, and, and I want you to hear the words, they're very simple, a small, simple chorus, but I want you to sing it today, and I want you to ask God in this house today, I want you to become hungry for the supernatural power of God, I want you to become hungry for the presence of God, I want you to be hungry for the fire of God. I want you to be so hungry so that so that God can begin to do something and stir up a fire, a depth, a dimension, another level that maybe perhaps you've never tapped into. I want you to just lift your hands up, close your eyes, and I want you to sing these words to the Father today. Supernatural encounter with your presence. Tell them I want a supernatural My encounter. My soul tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Say, I desire. I want to awaken a passion on the inside of your heart today. I want to stir up a hunger on the inside of you so that you're hungry for the supernatural supernatural power of God and begin to open your mouth close your eyes and begin to worship God in this house all encounter with your presence my soul desires say it again say it again say it again supernatural encounter with your presence my 
on, pastors. Come on, leaders. Come on, teachers. Come on, apostles. Come on, prophets. The world needs to see the supernatural. The world needs the power of God. The earth, the earth is crying out for the fire of God. The earth is crying out for a supernatural power. Say it one more time. I'm thirsty for your presence. Tell them I'm thirsty. I want it now. Say it. I want it now. I'm hungry for your presence. Come on, another level. Come on, another dimension. I know you're tired, but shake it off. In the presence of God, we are strengthened. In the presence of God, we are strengthened. In the presence of God, a new might comes upon us. I'm hungry for your I'm thirsty for your presence. I want it now. I want it now. I'm hungry for your presence. I'm thirsty for your presence. I want it now. I want it now. Cry out for it this afternoon. responds to our hunger. I want to stir up a hunger on the inside of your belly today. I want you to be hungry for the fire of God, for the presence of God, for the supernatural. There's not enough hunger. Supernatural encounter with your presence. Pastors need to learn how to worship. It provokes God. It provokes God to reveal Himself. Jesus, lift your hands up. Lift your hands up and close your eyes. Lift your hands and close your eyes. Say, Father, we want your presence. Father, we want your supernatural presence. We want an encounter today. We want to see you, Abba. Father, we want your presence. We want your glory. We want your glory. Your manifested presence, God. I crave it. I thirst for it. I long for it, God. I'm thirsty for your presence. I'm hungry for your presence, God. in El Paso, Texas all my life. I live in a border city. And there's some statistics you ought to know. The border city to us is more as Mexico. And um, the things that we encounter in our ministry is you got to understand that 95% 
of the cocaine flow or any drug flow uh, that comes into the United States is actually coming through uh, Juarez, Mexico. That's what our city is bordered to. Every day there are 10 deaths. You will see bodies hanging from bridges. You will see decapitations. You, there is about 10 deaths a day is what the average, uh, is what the average statistics say. And they're related to drug violence, cartels. And so all that drug, all that violence seeps into our city, El Paso, Texas. And I said to God when I started ministry, I said, God, these kids do not need a pizza night. These kids are needing a supernatural encounter. I was in search. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I, I, I cried out to God. I said, Father, I need your power to set these kids free. I need a delivering power to set them free. So I want to talk to you, 1 Corinthians. I don't want to go into the message yet, but I want you to hear right quick what's in my spirit to tell you. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. In just a little while, we'll go there. But I want you to hear some of the things that we encounter. I want you to look up at your screen right quick because that's Robert Fierro. This, this gentleman that you'll see there, he, we rescued him. you got to understand he was fatherless. He was on drugs. He was into gangs. I need you to see, hear this story. My husband is a retired police officer, served in the police department in El Paso, Texas for 20 years. Six years he served in the SWAT team. He was out on a call and he was looking for a particular individual. He had a warrant for his arrest. He had felonies and all kinds of different uh, different things that, that he needed to be arrested for. So my husband is in search for this kid. But this kid was at Ignite Movement in our church that very same day. My husband didn't know it. When my husband walked in on that Wednesday during service, my husband looked at me and he said, I was out, I was late because I was looking for a wanted subject. I can't find him. Lo and behold, that wanted subject was sitting a few rows right in front of us giving his life to Jesus. We have rescued him. That boy was in a car accident. Doctor said, you should have been dead. But the power of God hit him, struck him, delivered him, set him free, and he is now serving in the kingdom of God. If you look to your screen, there's a girl by the name of God Carolina Rentara. She's incredible. She's one of my strongest evangelists. This girl will hit the streets every single day. We do what's called street glory. We demonstrate the power of God wherever we go. This girl, she was on drugs. She was a gang. She was into gangs. She was always doing drugs. She, she, I, 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 she had aggravated assault for a deadly weapon. Um, she was a wanted subject. Can I tell you, all these kids that you see up on the street, we've rescued. This is happening every Every week. This is not uh, once a month or once a year. This is happening in our city every single day, every single hour, every single day, and every single week. There's a girl by the name of Kathy and Jesse. This couple came to me. She was 14 years old when she was pregnant. Um, she left her husband. That is her husband there. They were on drugs. They, 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 they did all kinds of terrible things. They were theft. They were into theft. She actually left her husband for a homosexual relationship, and, and God rescued them. God set them free. God delivered them. God restored them. Them. They are serving in the kingdom right now. They are incredible leaders. He is actually going to build our next sanctuary. He is a, uh, an incredible man of God. They are raising up now marriages. I've got a, so many to tell you. Alexis and Luis. Alexis used to be bound to witchcraft, uh, but we rescued her. We rescued her and her family, and God delivered them, set them free. 
her husband and her now serve in the kingdom. She became pregnant and two doctors told her, uh, your baby is dead. She was pregnant. Two doctors confirmed, you are miscarrying this child. We need to do a DNC on you. She refused to accept it. She said, I believe in the power of healing. The Almighty God can heal. And so she, she stood on the word of God. They prayed over her. We, we prayed and we had a healing service. And this girl goes to the doctor and doctors tell her, we we don't, and it, quote, unquote, we cannot explain what happened, but your baby has a heartbeat. Come on, somebody. This is Benjamin, Benjamin Rosillo. He was diagnosed with hepatitis C for five, he, had, he was given five years to live. He took 17 pills every single day, and God healed him completely. There is no trace of hepatitis. Doctors say, I don't understand. We don't know what happened, but come on, you and I know what happened. It's the power of Almighty God. This is Gabby Reyes. She battled fibromyalgia for many, 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 many years. She is completely healed. She was in constant pain, taking all kinds of medications. Her first service at our service, her first day, God delivered her, set her free, healed her, restored her family. Her children are now serving in the kingdom of God. This woman uh, that you're going to see next, I have so many, but i got to keep going. i got only given 40 minutes. Uh, this beautiful girl. She, um, she actually, you know where we rescued her? At a mental institution. She, we ended up evangelizing to her at a mental institution. She had bipolar disorder, all kinds of diagnosis. Uh, she was a mess in pain. Her body would hurt. She was constantly taking medication. And we witnessed to her the power of God touch her, set her free. And as you can see, she is serving God. I could keep going. There's a guy by the name of Christian at UTEP. He's one of our athletes at UTEP. We do uh, evangelize to a lot of our athletes at the university. This boy was diagnosed with disease and his first service God healed him completely as he was walking up to the altar nobody laid hands on him it was the glory of God that was in that room and God completely delivered him set him free and healed him this is Evelyn Evelyn had a mass in her ovaries and the minute she walked up to the altar nobody prayed for her the mass completely disappeared there was heat all over her body I could keep going this next young lady her son could not speak her son could speak he had a problem a speech impediment and and she doctors said your son will not be able to speak but in a healing service the power of God touched him when he went home he got in the car the minute he got in the car with her after the service he could not stop talking he was constantly talking all the way home come on somebody this is happening every single week and so I want to talk to you about first Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20 because the Bible says this for the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. Come on. We need the power of God. We are called to demonstrate the power of God. We are called to demonstrate the power of God. We have a lot of motivational speaking, but we don't have the power of God. And in order for us to advance the kingdom, we need the power of God. The Bible says, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. He says this, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is a government. If you study the word kingdom, kingdom means government. So when you preach the kingdom, when you preach the kingdom, the government of God, sickness has to go. Disease has to go. Cancer has to go. Diabetes has to go. Demons have to flee because you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So God has called the church to govern. Say govern. 
And so the church is not meant to be a religious social club. The church was not meant to be a society or even a funeral home. The church is not a welfare system or political organization or, or, or an extension of a government. It's not a business. The church has several names in the Bible. Assemblies of the Son of God. Assembly of the Sons of God. Uh, we're called to gather together to celebrate the King, but to be trained to go out into the world and advance the kingdom, to be trained in the church so that we can bring heaven down to the earth. The Bible says we are the army of the Lord. So the church is called to govern. We are called to govern. Say govern. When God gave me El Paso, Texas, he said, this is going to be your territory. I know God is calling us to expand in other territories, but for now, my territory is El Paso, Texas. We've got El Paso, Texas doesn't need another church. What we need is the kingdom of God to come and govern territory, to evacuate Satan. He's tried to take our city, but I, 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 I come to tell you news. I know that the kingdom of God has arrived. I know that the kingdom of God has arrived. So the church exists for this reason, to bring heaven down to the earth. That's why the church exists. The church was created to govern on the earth, and the mission of the church is to win souls. The mission of the church is to win people for Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, go and preach the gospel as you go, as you go. When I go have a pedicure, I'll be sitting and the Vietnamese guy that's having my, doing my pedicure, he'll look and he'll tell everybody I'm a pastor. The Bible says as you go. So I'll look to my left, I'll look to my right. There's a woman sitting here and a woman sitting there and a woman sitting here and a woman sitting there. Jesus said as you go. So as I go, I'm called to preach and demonstrate the power of God. So that means as I'm sitting, as I go to Walmart, as I go to the store, I don't care if we're pastors, evangelists pastor apostles we are called to demonstrate the power of God in the airplane at Walmart wherever you go we're called to evangelize and advance the kingdom of God amen Haggai says this, says this, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more it is a little while I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with the glory, says the Lord of hosts. There is a pattern to God. Every time there is iniquity, there's a pattern to God. Every time there's sin, every time there's crisis, every time the economy is in a crisis, God has to shake things. Every time there is a crisis, there's a pattern to God. He must pour out his glory. I want the glory of God and so every time the church is filled with iniquity or or we see passivity of the church or the church has become very religious and and God has to come and shake this God has to shake shake us so we need what we need today is we need churches that are on fire for God because a church on fire for God uh, will advance the kingdom but a church that is not on fire for God is full of religion and cannot resolve anything in their city so I want to take you to Matthew 28 19 write that down in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and Mark chapter 16 verse 15 it says let's read the top one together please it says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit let's go to Mark it says and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and they went out and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word through what accompanying it with signs so we're not just called to preach we're called to demonstrate the power of God are you with me 
And so he said, go and make disciples. Can I tell you, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about me making a name or me starting a church. This is about souls. This is about winning people for Jesus, demonstrating the power of God. So God says this, I cannot give you increase if it's always about you, what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. We have to get to a place where we say, this is not about me. This is about people. This is about souls. This is about populating heaven. So God is always thinking increase when you can say, I'm going to reach the drug addict that, that needs Jesus that nobody cares about. Then God says, I'm going to give you the money for the building and you're not going to have to pay for it. Come on somebody. Because I see that the city is in need of it. So God thinks increase when you think about souls. Say souls. So we need to bring heaven to earth. We need to start rehearsing heaven here on earth. So when I see cancer, cancer is not in heaven. That means I have dominion over cancer. I have authority over cancer. So when I tell cancer, go, it's got to go because I am called to bring heaven down to the earth. Come on, somebody. So we're called to govern. Say, I am called to govern. You know what Esther did? Esther changed the laws. And the way she did it is she did it through prayer. See, Esther went before God. I love intercessory prayer. I love to wake up at, yes, 3.30 in the morning and get my intercessions, my intercessory team, wake up, go to the church, and start waking up the enemy. Come on, somebody. I love to show up at 4 o'clock a.m. I love to be the first one up, and I love to intercede because the Bible says, that we can decree and declare a thing. And so that's what Esther did. Esther changed the laws. She changed the laws through intercession, through intercessory prayer. But what happened to the church is we have become so religious and so conformist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so if, if we listen to me very carefully, how are we going to govern a city? How are we going to govern a nation? How are we going to govern if we cannot govern our own bodies? How are we going to govern if we can't govern our own flesh? How am I going to carry this authority when I can't have authority even over my own flesh? See, the flesh wants to sleep. The flesh wants to eat. The flesh always produces one thing, and that's called idolatry. So we need to learn how to break something that I've learned from my spiritual mother. We need to know how to break all agreements with Satan. See, our soul, say soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, that fleshy part of us sometimes still has agreements with Satan. And so the flesh likes to produce a lot of things. The flesh produces lying, exaggerations, arrogance, pride, uh, thinking what we shouldn't be thinking. Those are all called agreements with Satan. So the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions have to be aligned with God in order for us to shake a nation, in order for us to make a movement and start a movement and keep the movement in a, in a city. There, there, got, there has to be in your life a place where you say, I will not agree with Satan. See, I wake up every day and I say, my soul will not agree with the enemy. My emotions will not agree with the enemy. So when there's rejection, when there's loneliness, when there's anger, when there's bitterness, I say, no, 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 no. I'm here not about me. It's about souls. And if I'm going to govern and have dominion over 
drug addiction, I must have dominion, first of all, over my life. So I'm not going to have any agreements in the soul. I'm not going to have agreements in the mind. No, no, no. That thought does not belong here. That does not belong here. That is from the enemy. I renounce it. I refuse to accept it. I am going to have authority and dominion, and I'm going to govern my soul. Because if I can govern my soul, then if I can govern my body, then I can govern the world. Jesus said something so powerful in John chapter 14, verse 30. He said, Satan has nothing on me. Said Satan has nothing on me. Bring it, Satan, because you got nothing on me. My soul does not agree with you. My mind does not agree with you. Come on, somebody. Are you as excited as I am? So I want you to just stand for a moment. I'm going to change this real quick. Just stand. Lift your hands up. And i, I got to stop this right now. now I'm going to continue to preach because it's very important that I end. Because I need to impart. But before I impart, I need you to not have any kind of agreement. I need you to have no agreement. I want you to lift your hands up. And I want you to say these words out loud and mean them with all of your heart. I want you to say, Father, Holy Spirit, if there's an area in my life that I am still agreeing with the enemy. If my soul has any agreements, my mind, my will, and my emotions, if there's any agreement in my mind, in my soul, in my will, and my emotions, if there's any agreement right now, say this, Father, I renounce, I renounce every agreement that my mind has had I renounce every agreement that my will has had with the enemy. I renounce every agreement that my emotions, say that again, emotions, say that again, my emotions. If my emotions have had any agreement, say today, 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 not tomorrow, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, I renounce it, I renounce it, I resist it, I reject it, I don't want 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 it, I want to, I don't want it. There's a lot of agreements in this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the door that the enemy had. That's where he wants you. That's what he wants. He wants you to agree with him. He wants you to agree with him. When you go down, yes, on your pillow and cry, he wants you to agree with him. But I came to tell you, the devil is a liar. You're called to soar. You're called to rule. You're called to have dominion and authority against powers of darkness and principalities. You're called to walk in full fullness. Yes. Mm, you could sit. You could sit. If I can tell you anything, one thing that has kept me in times of hardship, Pastor Pat said, Pastor Patty, why have you not quit? Because I have a story. We all have a story. I was abandoned by my earthly father, who was a pastor, and he wrote me off. So we all have a story. It's a sad story, but it's my story, so I choose to not dwell on it. I don't want any agreements with the enemy. I choose forgiveness. I choose to love him, and I choose to honor him. We all have a story to tell. I've been through a lot of hardship and a lot of pain. But if I could say to you one thing that has kept me and has kept me in the place of glory, that has kept me in the place why I wake up at 4 a.m. or 3.30 to go intercede for a city, to intercede for a nation, to intercede for you all. Why what has kept me even in the midst of affliction and loneliness and abandonment, in the midst of all of that, 
I'm going to tell you the greatest obstacle in fulfilling the calling that is over your life. This is called Legacy Conference. If we're going to go in it for the long run, if we're going to finish the race with perseverance and hand the baton to the next generation, right here, it marks, right here is the, is, is the point that you need to understand. It's found in John chapter 3, verse 30. It says this, he must increase and I must decrease. Come on, say that again. Say it like you really want to. <laughs> you must increase. I know it's not very popular in America today because from the pulpit, we encourage your ego. From the pulpit, we tell you how to live successfully and we feed your ego. But I came to tell you today, if you want the supernatural power of God, you must decrease and he will increase. I know, I know, I know it's not popular, but say it like you mean it now. <laughs> So if you could please put the title, if I were to title it, because I, well, if I could title it, it'd be the power in the Jordan. And so I believe the greatest obstacle is not the enemy, your greatest obstacle, because he's already been defeated. Come on. He's already been defeated. He's under my feet. He's a tick under my feet. But I believe that the greatest obstacle to us will be what's called ego. Say ego. The greatest obstacle that I've seen in people and, and, and how they can't retain what God wants to give them. We go to a conference. It was great. God did incredible things. But two months later, we can't continue the flow. We need another event and we need another conference to sustain us. You know why? Because ego is our greatest obstacle. You know what ego means? Ego is what you want, what you think, and what you feel. And that has got to die. Matthew chapter 13, verse 17. I'll go quickly. It says, let's read together. Ready? Then Jesus, am I going too fast for you? Or are you okay? I have to go fast because Pastor Pat only gave me 40 minutes. And then he told me to impart. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Remember that. It says, then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. How many of you want heaven open in front of you, above you? Amen. It says, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning and, and, and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from the heavens saying, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was baptized in a river called Jordan. Say Jordan. Geographically speaking, if you look at the Jordan, geographically speaking, if you look and study the Jordan, Jordan is the lowest spot on the planet Earth. It's the lowest spot on the planet Earth. Jordan means to go down. Jordan means to descend, the lowest place. It also means the way of God. So prophetically speaking, the Jordan represents this, death to yourself. The Jordan represents death to your ego. The Jordan represents the way or the path of God. I need you to listen. At the age of 30 years old, here is Jesus Christ. He knows he is God. He knows he has power. He knows he's ready to win the entire world. Here is Jesus Christ, almighty, everlasting God, Emmanuel. And he's ready to start his ministry. And what does he do first? 
he goes to the Jordan. Let me explain something. Jesus lived in Nazareth. Nazareth was far away from the Jordan. It was about a two weeks walk on foot. It's about 80 miles. So he left Nazareth for two weeks of a walk. He walked over rocks and hills and all kinds of dirt. And, and so he walked for about 80 miles. And he didn't just come for a casual visit. He went to be baptized by John. And so I need you to write this down, what baptism means. There are several definitions to baptism, but one definition says to surrender, alignment, submission, induction. And so John says to Jesus, I cannot baptize you. I, I, my, I, I can't baptize you. And Jesus said, no, you must. He said, in order for all righteousness to be fulfilled, say righteousness. Righteousness means right positioning. It means straightness. It means alignment. So here is the problem with the church today. We have a lot of talent, but we don't have alignment. We have a lot of gifts, but we don't have right positioning. We have a lot of people that can sing, dance, and etc., etc., etc. People that can preach it up, but there's no alignment. There's no straightness. And so something happens to Jesus the minute he's baptized. Something happens. The heavens begin to open. There are people that have heaven closed. There are people that above your head, heaven is closed. And it's closed because you've not gone to the Jordan. But when you go to Jordan, the heavens open. And so something happened to Jesus. I'm going to go quickly. Not only did the heavens open, but his identity was validated. Many of us do not know who we are. He said, this is my son. Not in what he does, because he hadn't even performed a single miracle. But his identity was found in his father. See, you can be fatherless, but you can go to the father and understand that he is your daddy. He's your appa. You know, somebody might have abandoned you. Come on, somebody. Somebody may not have wanted to maybe impart something into you, but here is God, father, appa. And when you have an experience and an encounter with this appa, you know your identity. You know who you are. You don't need the crowd. You don't need the numbers. You don't even need a name for yourself. You know who you are. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. So several things happened. The heavens opened. His identity was validated and God began to promote him. See, nowadays we promote ourselves. But Jesus did this. Jesus, as he's going down into the Jordan, the Bible says that the dove came. And so now he's anointed. So he went to this place called the Jordan. And all these things begin to happen. After he left the Jordan, he went to what's called the desert. And he was tempted there for 40 days by the enemy. He could handle temptation because he had already been in the Jordan. Come on, somebody. And because of all of that, when he stepped out of that desert, Jesus could cast out devils. Jesus could heal the sick. Jesus could call cancer out and leprosy out because he had already been in the Jordan. Come on, somebody. He, he could handle temptation because he's been in the Jordan. So we need to go to the Jordan before we cast out devils. We need to go to the Jordan before we heal the sick. And so... That's where Christ ministered from. Christ ministered from a yielding, from a surrender to God. He yielded to God. He surrendered himself to God. So what does Jordan mean? It means the way of God. Jordan represents death to yourself, death to ego, death to your ambition, death to your dreams, death to what you want, death to what you think, death to what you feel, death to your desires. Yes, even death to your dreams. Come on. Death to your reputation. 
Because we're not willing to lose our reputation. Because the Pharisee and the Sadducee will rise up in your city, I promise. But we're not willing to lose our reputation for a soul. And so death to even your reputation. Listen to me. You might want to write this down. The place that you die to in your life is the place that God empowers you. The place where you die in your life is the place that God empowers you. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus tells us this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to release the oppressed. Why don't we have power in the church? Have you noticed we don't see many miracles in the church nowadays? If Jesus said this, go and preach the gospel of Jesus. There are a lot of gospels going around, the historical gospel. But he said, go and preach the gospel of Jesus. The God, what did Jesus do? Jesus taught. He preached. He taught. He cast out demons and he healed them. Have you noticed we don't see many miracles in the church today? Why don't we have power? Because we've not gone to the Jordan. We're not willing to die to certain areas. We are not willing to die so that others can live. Right here behind me, this first girl, Helen, she was bound to cocaine. And so I chose my husband and I and my children. Well, my daughter is incredible, 17 years old, and that woman can cast out demons like no other. And she has, she has an incredible anointing for inner healing and deliverance. I chose to die so that she could live. I have a story for all of them, but I don't have time to tell you. So we're not willing to die so that others can live. I can't cry about the problems with my father. I can't. There's a generation that is hurting. There's a generation that is crying out. It's not about you, beloved. It's not about me. It's about souls. It's about bringing heaven down to the earth. It's about going to the supermarket and look, say, God, give me a divine appointment. Who do you want me to minister today? And, and if I see somebody on a cast, excuse me, but can I pray for you? And they'll say, yes, I can pray over that cast and I can call it to go. And can I tell you something? That bone will be perfectly well and they will walk out of there without without crutches that's what we see every week but we're so we go to the air when I'm in the airport when I'm in the airplane I'm always asking God give me a divine appointment who do you want me to preach to today who do you want me to I'm, I'm looking for somebody who who doesn't know you Jesus because that's what it's about it's about souls it's about populating heaven and depopulating hell amen so when you die, you have a different reality. When you die, your reality changes. When you die, it's no longer about ambition and, and making a name for yourself. But when you're dead, you have a different mindset. When you die, you don't think the same. You don't, because ego is dead. You know what I'm saying? So Jordan represents the way of God dying to yourself. Can I tell you, I cannot lay my hands on you for you to die. I can't. Because that's your decision. You have to die to get from God what you need. The earth has to experience the power of God. The earth has to experience the miracles of God. See, if you're going to step into another dimension, you've got to go to the Jordan. You didn't come all the way from where you came from to go back to the same level of living. You came to go to another dimension. You came to go to another level. You say, Father, I want more of you and less of me. You didn't come all the way, flow here, flew here, or drive here, whatever it is, whatever you had to do to get here. Some of you, it 
It was probably a financial hardship, but you did it. And you didn't come all the way from where you came from so you can go back to the same dimension, so that you can go back to the same level. Oh, no, sir, you need to tell the enemy, I'm going back for my city. I'm going back for my territory. That's the territory that God gave me. And I'm going back with power and authority and dominion. And it starts first in the Jordan. <laughs> the earth has to experience the power of God. Moses experienced and saw God's power. And so he revealed himself through that fiery bush. And so when God revealed himself to Moses, he said something to him. He said, Moses, take off your shoes. His walk was about to change. You know what shoes represent? It represents the earth's environment. He was telling him, take off where you've been so I can take you to where you need to go. He said, take off the artificial. We need real pastors. Real, just talk to me like it is. Take off the artificial. Take off your shoes. Take off where you've been, boy, so that I can take you where you want to go, where I need you to go. He said, take off your shoes where the word can't is no longer on, in your vocabulary. If you study the story of the leper Naaman, 2 Kings chapter 5, don't have time to read it to you. You probably know it. But the story of the leper Naaman, he needed healing. He had leprosy in his body. And he goes to the prophet and he says, I, I want my healing. And the prophet says, go and dip in the river. And so you will receive your healing. And look what Naaman says. But aren't there better rivers in Damascus? And so he starts to tell him, can I go dip in... Uh, Banna or, you know, Farpar River because those are better rivers. Do you want to know what those rivers mean? It means human skills and human abilities. And the prophet said, no, sir, you need to go to the Jordan. Listen, there are no mechanics to this, to operating in the supernatural power of God. To see the stories that we see on a day-to-day -day basis, you know what? There's no mechanics to it. There's no strategy. I, for years, did it the wrong way in ministry. Looked for a strategy. Looked for somebody to tell me five steps to building a disciple. There are no mechanics to this. It starts when you die. <laughs> Death to self. Churches today love good motivational messages, but what we need to advance the kingdom of God is we need the supernatural power of God. We love people to motivate us. Motivate me, motivate me, motivate me, motivate me. All the while, the ego is really alive, and the agreements are still there with the soul. What you need is the power of God. You need the fire of God. You need the supernatural power of God. You need to bring heaven down to the earth. You're going to need the power of God. If you are an evangelist in the house, you need the power of God because you know what Jesus would do when he would enter a city and they did not believe him he said I'm gonna have to demonstrate for he said where's the sick give me the sick give me the sick so that I can heal and I can cast that sickness out of them and then they, he can teach so if you're an evangelist, you must know how to demonstrate the power of God. You must carry authority. You must carry dominion. You must carry power of God, the supernatural power of God. So sickness has to obey you. Demons have to obey you. Drug addiction has to obey you. When you tell it to go, it's got to go. <laughs> so when you're dead, it's so easy to trust God. But when you're not dead, we're always trying to find out a strategy. How do you do it? How did you build your church? Every day you must be a sacrifice. Every day, this is the strategy. Every day die. 
I know it's not popular. John chapter 12 said this, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, then it cannot produce many more seeds. We want to produce disciples. We want to produce a big church. But unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies... Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing, and reasonable, and pleasing unto God. You know, he said, offer yourself as a sacrifice. The job of the priest in the Old Testament was to sacrifice and offer. Sacrifice and offer. And it was the priest that entered the Holy of Holies. In order for you to present to God a sacrifice, you have to be willing to die to something. When you offer your body, it is the ultimate sacrifice because you're saying, God, here I am. I will die so that others can live. Because I've seen my city, and my city is in turmoil. My city didn't need another pastor with a strategy. My city didn't need, it was lying in ruins. It was full of addictions sexual perversion you walk and you drive on our freeways and you will see at every corner a strip club you will see so much adultery my city needed the supernatural power of God and it takes somebody to say I will be the sacrifice so that others can live not to make a name for yourself not to say how great you are and how big your power is but it's so that others can live so that others can leave a legacy for other generations so that they can win others and they can win others and we start to populate heaven when you offer yourself, it is the greatest sacrifice. When you become a sacrifice, you yourself. When you become that sacrifice, you know what you become? You become one with the fire. When you say, Jesus, here I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I've been through so many things, but here I am. I'll be the sacrifice. I'm willing to die and I'm willing to kill this flesh so that others can live. I'm willing to get up in the morning to pray when others sleep and snore and they don't want to pray when everybody else is sleeping. I'm willing to get up. Yes, my flesh wants to hit the snooze button, but I choose not to. I choose to get up. Something pushes me. It's called passion. You cannot have passion unless you die. Dying and sacrifice are bad words in America today. We don't, we don't see many books about death. Have you noticed that? We don't write books about death, about sacrifice. But we want the power of God. We want miracles. We want signs. We want wonders. We want to advance the kingdom. Then, beloved, we've got to die to our will. We've got to die to these emotions. We've got to die to this ego, what I think, what I want, what I feel. See, it doesn't matter what I feel. Because God is bigger than that. And God knows my problem. God knows my situation. See, when you die, it's so easy to give. It's so easy to go through a problem and an affliction when I'm dead. It's so easy to be rejected in my city from another church across the street because we're winning all the souls. And they reject you and they talk about you. Can I tell you something? It's so easy to walk through that and love and not curse and bless and pray and intercede for them. You know why? Because you're dead. You can't offend a dead man. 
You can't reject a dead man. They're dead. They don't feel anything. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead. You can't, you can't touch me because I'm dead. See, you can't touch me. You can't tempt me because I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead to my ego. I'm dead to my emotions. I'm dead to my flesh. I choose that every day, every day. It's not a one-time altar call. This is every day. I wake up and I say, I'm going to die. I'm going to die to these emotions. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I renounce them. I will not have any agreements with the enemy. So when the Dordogadic does come to you, you can say, in the name of Jesus, drug addiction, come out! And it goes. Hmm. When you die, you can finally say this. Galatians 2.20, my favorite scripture. I've been crucified with Christ. I don't longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And he gave himself for me. I choose to die. What did I come to tell you? Die. You want the supernatural power of God? You've got to die. You want to operate in miracles? You want to see sicknesses go? Do you want to see bones grow? Because I see that. Do you want to see that? Do you want to see all kinds of miracles in your church to explode? See, you've got to die. And you say, there are levels to death, by the way. Well, Pastor, I already died. But did you know, I used to say that until I got to my apostle. <laughs> and the apostle Maldonado and the profeta Maldonado, let me tell you, they will challenge you. And I thought I was dead until I got there. But there are levels to death. And just when I think I'm dead, there's another area I could die to. Could you just stand to your feet? We're going to do it a little different. Oh, my second get you to help me. We're going to do it a little different. If you can, I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable if you don't mind. And I want you to just close your eyes right where you're at. I don't want to force you to die. I mean, this is, this is something that you choose to do. I know the day I decided to die so that others can live. If you say in here, Pastor, I want the supernatural power of God and I am willing to die. I want to die. And there's areas in my life you hit and I know that I'm not dead to certain things. If that is you, and you say, Pastor, I want you to impart in me the supernatural power of God quickly because I know I've got a little bit of time. If that is you, could you do me a favor? Could you just run to the altar? It's hunger. It's hunger. It's hunger. Just run, 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 run. Stay standing. Don't, don't. And then just give me some room in the front so that I can lay hands on you. Ready? You say, Pastor, I'm willing to die. I am willing to die. Lift your hands up all over this place. You know what? I've got to smell. The Lord said this as I was interceding. The Lord said, you've got to smell sacrifice before you've got to smell the flesh dying. When I smell the flesh dying, I smell the flesh dying. When I smell the flesh dying, something happens in that Jordan. The heaven begins to open. The heavens begin to open. And you start to know who you are. And regardless, it isn't about what you're going through. In the Jordan, God can heal you. This isn't about all that you've gone through. This is about souls, and they're going to hell. All the while, we're still hurting. We're still crying about what Dad did. There comes a point where you say, God, this is not about me. This is not about me. This is about you. And it's about souls. Oh, my Jesus. So lift your hands up and say, Father, I choose to die this day. 
I choose to go to the Jordan. I want to go to the Jordan. I want to go to the Jordan. I want to be there, Abba. Lift your hands up. There's got to be hunger in you, beloved. You've got to pull from me. You've got to pull from my mantle. You've got to pull from it. You've got to pull from it. You just can't stand there and look at me. I'm not a superstar. I'm nothing. I just want to serve God. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I just want to serve God. Because this ain't about us. It ain't about what we got. It ain't about how many souls or what we can do. This is about dying. Just die. Die. Let me smell flesh. Let me smell that sacrifice burning on the altar. Let me smell it. Let me smell it. Let me smell it. God says, let me smell it. 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 More hunger. More hunger. More hunger. More hunger. And receive with me on the side. You're going to stand behind yeah, 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 yeah. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. I can't impart until I see hunger. Because this is not a show. No, no, it's not a show. This is about you causing a revolution wherever your territory is. It's about you starting a revolution wherever your territory is. It's about saying, devil, the kingdom of God has arrived. And one of the kingdoms has got to evacuate. The kingdom of hell has got to evacuate. The kingdom of hell has got to go because the kingdom of God is about to arrive in my city. Tell him I want to tie, I want to tie, I want to tie. I want to tie, I want to tie. I want to tie, I want to tie, I want to tie. Yes, my Abba, yes, 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 yes. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Say, Father, I choose to die. Tell them what you're going to die to. What do you got to do? You got to wake up earlier? Have you been praying? Do you wake up to pray? What are you going to die to? What are you going to die to? See, see, there's no shortcuts to the supernatural power of God. I've learned that the youth want super shortcuts, but there are no shortcuts to the supernatural power of God. There are no shortcuts to the supernatural power of God. There are no shortcuts, no shortcuts. Say, Father, I'm going to die. Father, I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie. I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie. I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie. You've got to die to the ego. You've got to die to the pride. You've got to die. You've got to die. It ain't about you. It's not a show. It's about souls, souls that are dying. Souls that are dying. Souls that are dying. You need to pull from my mantle, the apostle and the prophet. They release something over my life that I've carried. Pull from it. Pull from it. Pull from it.
Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Go demonstrate. Yeah, demonstrate the power. Demonstrate the power. Demonstrate it, demonstrate. Yes. Demonstrate the power of power. Here, lift your hands up. Don't reason. Don't reason. Don't reason. Just receive it. Receive it. You've been pregnant. Yes, yes, you've been pregnant. Give birth. God says, give birth. Give birth. Give birth. Give birth. Give birth to that property. Give birth to that city. Give birth. Give birth. Give birth. Give birth. Give birth. so others can live. I want to die so others can live. I want to die so that others can live. I want to give birth to my dreams. I want to give birth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you for listening. We pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries and Evangelist Pat Karen Chatsline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.